Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hello and welcome to Mark My Words. This is Mark Homer. I'm just going to give you a roundup of my sort of six biggest property lessons in the last 11 years, which, uh, which I've just picked up as I've gone along. Um, I hope you'll get some value from it. Uh, so here we go. Um, I'm always of the opinion that keeping property is a great idea. Selling can be tempting. You get big capital lumps. Uh, and you may need money to fund other projects, but my God, if you keep property over the long term, maybe you, you develop buildings into flats or, you know, maybe you go into cluster flats or whatever you do and you rent them out. Generally speaking, you will end up making a lot, lot more money. You re- usually regret it some years later when you walk past the property, when it's worth a lot more. And also you'll lose the income that it produces over a long period of time. You'll build up this wall of money every month and, you know, it will just keep coming um, regardless, you know, of, 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 of what's happening, you'll, you'll end up with this money. So you don't effectively need to keep working. This frees your time to create new income streams, uh, maybe find more property and you just keep getting paid for the rest of your life. Don't pay builders for works not complete. Although we frequently do get pushed into this and sometimes have to run ahead a little bit, we often try or we do try as hard as we can not to expose ourselves by by getting too far ahead on jobs. Um, Builders can go bust. The more you pay them up front, the less motivated they are often to finish the job. The most important thing is the final payments. You must hold a good chunk back to get them to finish all of those last little bits because once they've received all the payments, often they're on to the next one. Um, So very, very important that is. Um, You know, and if builders walk off site and you've held money back, then usually you've got cash to pay the next builder, although they'll always sort of top you up uh, and you'll end up with sort of a bigger bill than you would have done. So it is better to try and stay with builders many, many years. That's my my favourite uh, sort of uh, maison d'etre. Um, so economic changes that initially can look cas- uh, cataclysmic, uh, often they're sortable, um, you know, Let's let's think about, you know, lots of legislation changes which were happening last year or the year before. Section 24, uh, you know, we had at Christmas quite a big blip with a stock market and various other things that you know it, it hasn't developed so far in, into a recession or, or anything major. Um, a lot of the time you are better just um, sort of cracking on and, and continuing where you are, trying to time markets, selling properties because you're expecting values to drop generally is a mugs game. You won't time it properly. You'll end up wasting loads of stamp duty rebuying properties later. You'll end up paying capital gains tax or corporation tax when you sell properties. Um, And then you've got to spend your time or your management time or the people in your office you've got to pay to go and find you more properties. So even if you think the market's going to drop, fall off a cliff, usually better just to hold. Uh, The reality is you should be doing it for 20, 30 years minimum anyway. You'll be taking income in the meantime, so it shouldn't actually make any difference because over the medium to long term, if you hold it, the value will usually go back up again. It always has done. Um, clearly, interest rates can be a risk. If they you know, go really, really high and you've got a predominantly rental model, then you need to focus on this and sort of 
make sure you've got enough cash aside, make sure your yields are really high, make sure you're buying buildings that throw off lots of income. Uh, and therefore, that'll keep you safe during the more difficult times. Um, I remember in the last recession, most people were scared. They wouldn't buy. In hindsight, it was a brilliant time. We got buildings, cheapest I've ever bought them. Uh, it was the best time to buy in a generation. I don't think there's any question of that. Uh, and that'll all come round again. We're in the second half of this cycle, I would have thought. Um, you know, let's say the last recession was 2008, nine. Uh, this cycle probably started 2010. Um you know, how long is it? Well, who knows? It could be 10 years. It could be 20 years. I think the last one was maybe 17 or 18. There are different ingredients. So it's, it's, it's going to be a different cake and it will happen differently this time. But I guarantee the wheels will come off. There will be another recession um, and you need cash aside to get you ready to, to get in and start buying again. So um, I think that's a, a very, very important thing to focus on. Um, and, and, you know, you need to, to keep cash back for that and recognize when it's there. Everyone will be quite negative. People will be telling you property is going to kill you. And, you know, oh God, they'll look at you uh, probably a little bit sheepishly or, you know, with um, maybe they'll sort of feel sorry for you if they think you're in property during one of the recessions. Don't worry about it. That means everyone else is feeling the same way. Uh, and it's often a good time to get out there as long as the market is sort of stopped dropping. And you'll know when that is. Dinner party investments. Um, Often people like to brag about what they own. Um, investments that shine usually don't. The sexier they look to the average person or the prettier the property looks, the more likely it is that the building would depreciate more and probably produce a lower yield than older, less good-looking properties. So whilst it's good to try and keep things simple, it's also true that doing what looks easiest and which others think looks great and understand can mean thinner or no profit good example would be all those new build flats and houses that lots of investors love to talk about at dinner parties and sort of show off and brag about. Often they uh, they drop 15-20% as soon as you buy them. They yield very, very low. You're much better buying the old dirty stuff, adding value, extending, you know, converting, um, you know, put, going into the loft, whatever it is you're, you're needing to do. Uh, I think there's a lot of benefit in that. Sorry if there's any background noise. Um, I've got my business partner in the, the next studio and he's doing a video uh, and he gets uh, he gets quite uh, irate and starts shouting uh, when 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 he, he screws it up or, or isn't going how he wants. So um, yeah, apologise apologise for that in the background. Um, next one, focus on one or two strategies and get really good at them. I've seen people trying to do six, eight, ten strategies, and they fire on and they you know to try and sort of spend a few hours on each every day, and they don't become good at any of them. The key to business, the key to investing, the key to be, you know, making money is to become really, really good at something and become better than the competition. No more than them about it. You know, I've just been out this afternoon to a quite a large 40 room uh, sort of HMO and, and, and there's some other flats in the building um, with the council and the fire brigade. Um, and, you know, we went around the building and the fire brigade, they're very helpful. You know, they, they, they sort of show us what we need to do to keep the tenant safe and keep me out of prison, um, which is obviously valuable. Uh, but there's a couple of things that they don't know. Um, you know, he was talking about these these sort of um, not intermittent strips. I think they were cold, something cold brush strips, uh, which he thought weren't on the doors. Uh, but we'd actually installed them all. Uh, and then we sort of explained about the automatic opening vents and and the council want the fire extinguishers taken out and actually the fire brigade want them, sorry, the fire brigade want them taken out, but the council want them leaving in. 
And we've had to navigate all of these rules and become very, very conversant in dealing with larger buildings and managing them and making sure the fire risk assessments are done properly. So they're very, very important. Uh, and it's, these are important strategies to understand. Um, so, you know, uh, that has come through focusing on something, doing it over and over again, not necessarily listening to the first person that comes along and tells you about it and reading loads. And because of that, we can navigate the rules, uh, create good investments uh, and end up making money. Um, lots and lots of people say, oh, equities or shares are better than property. Uh, my financial advisor told me so. Uh, and that, that may be true when you're talking about property funds. Um, so big property funds own lots of commercial buildings, often maybe big shopping centres, which aren't great at the moment. Uh, lots of industrial, maybe Amazon sheds. Um, you know, maybe they own offices, government buildings, all that sort of stuff. And they compare that with uh, property or they, they think it's the same as property that you would buy yourself, make a direct investment. Maybe you buy a house, a flat um, and, you know, run it yourself. That's actually not true. Most of the time, um, if you're buying within a fund, um, the returns I have noticed over time are way, way lower than if you're directly investing in property yourself, you're running it yourself, you're adding value and you're managing the building. Maybe a letting agent's doing, but you're managing your investments yourself. I usually always return cash on cash or into well into double digits, often 15, 20, 25, 30% return on the cash I've got invested. Whereas in a commercial property fund, often, you know, you're lucky if you get five, six, 7% as with equities. Um, can be good for some people if they want a completely hands-off uh, approach, but um, probably not the best, uh, generally speaking, uh, if you are looking for the highest return. Um, so I'm now going to talk about the sort of biggest lessons, the biggest business sort of lessons that I've got in the le uh, last 11 years. So these are not sort of property specific, but they are more to do with general business. Um Often, you know, there are uh, uh, lots of new laws, taxation. You know, we've got Jeremy Corbyn on the horizon at the moment. He, he isn't a good thing. Um, but, you know, we've got Brexit in the background. Uh, there are changes to the taxation system. There's always changes with VAT or corporation tax. They can initially look awful. Uh, they can scare a lot of people. Uh, but the, the reality is that I'd say eight out of 10 of the things talked about never happen. And then they consult on the ones that they are going to do about it, the one out of 10. And, and often, you know, sort of half of those happen. So maybe one and a half times out of 10, something actually happens. And then there's often ways to mitigate or deal with the effect of these uh, legislative or taxation changes. Um, so don't necessarily don't be put off by all these people sort of saying to you, oh, the law's going to change or buy to let's getting difficult because of this. Or, you know, you've got licensing on everything now. That may be true, uh, but it can push other people out and, I mean there's less competition so you know leave it leave a bit of meat on the bone cash in in the bank to deal with these issues long term the market adjusts economics will usually look after you father time will look after you um if it is more difficult and less profitable often the rents have to go up or the property values you know maybe become a bit cheaper for ones you're going to buy or there'll be less landlords in the sector so less competition it usually all you know works out the cream rises to the top if you're the best at what you do and you're providing the best product, you'll get paid for it uh, and the weaker landlords will disappear. Um, so it's, this is the case in any business uh, or any investment. People often misevaluate risk. Uh, it's a good 
Uh, it's it's not a good idea to take big, unnecessary, uncalculated and unmitigated risks. But many of these sort of risks that people perceive as being really big are unlikely to happen. A bit like a commercial airline flight crashing, very, very unlikely, or a crazed man coming into your house and stabbing you. Um, Daily Mail had that in it today. Uh, and my wife sent me that with with great concern, but it's uh, it's highly unlikely to happen. We're attracted to things that keep us safe. So we look at negative stories. The news is full of negativity uh, because it is more likely to get you to tune in. Uh, it's a um, you know an innate um, an innate quality that we have from uh, sort of ancient times where you know we'd have marauding invaders coming to kill us, and we'd want to learn about that news to keep ourselves safe. Um, not necessarily that relevant in today's world, but it's a human instinct uh, and something that we're constantly drawn to. Hence, why newspapers and 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 the the TV news and you know, media in general is is designed to shock us and designed uh, to make us look because then we uh, end up buying that media and they end up making money. Uh, it's not necessarily the reality, though. The reality is that more people die in car crashes every day. Five people every day die on our roads. Um, one in three of us will get cancer. Um, you know, and some of that is because we're eating unhealthily. Uh, but we don't necessarily perceive those risks to be very high. Um, also, people would say, well, let's go and buy a super safe in, you know, stock market firm from an IFA that provides 3% income because that property investment, um, you know, because they perceive that property investment is risky. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the property investment might make 15% return on capital easily without, you know, needing too much work. Um, so they're interesting and important things to to look at. Um, I fly a helicopter, uh, and yes, it is riskier, definitely, than flying in a commercial airline. Um, but, you know, it's not really that much more risky than than driving on the roads. But every time a helicopter crashes, it's pretty spectacular. It's the news, and people's perception is that helicopters are inherently dangerous. Well, if you follow the rules and, you know, you go up in, in generally good weather, um, then, you know, they're, they're, they're not actually as risky as people think. Um, but of course they hit the news because they, they don't crash very often because there aren't that many of them. Uh, but when they do, it's spectacular, a bit like a, a commercial airline flight. Um, so birds of a feather flock together. If an investment is risky, a scam, unlikely to be, produce good results, I often find the individuals involved in it are less experienced and often have questionable morals. Um, I know after the credit crunch, the whole industry had to change uh, and companies like ours that were doing similar stuff, the individuals involved had to go and do a load of other stuff. And it's so interesting. All the ones that I felt were scammers before the recession came along, they went off and did similar stuff. Birds of a feather flocked together. So you don't necessarily need to understand an investment or understand what it's about. You just look at the people who are doing it and who are around it. And often that will give you the sort of six months um, you know, working on it and trying to get into it, that will that, that will tell you uh, all you need to know about it. Uh, and it saves me a, a lot of time to work out, you know, if something you know, warrants further investigation, just look at who who's doing it. And often that can save you a lot of time. People always buy what they want and not what they need. People love the sexy things like, I don't know, the Apple iPhone, but HTC um, or, you know, definitely a Samsung phone is just as good in many ways, uh, but a hell of a lot cheaper. 
Apple looks a lot better. You know, it's it's made from nice, sexy metal and glass. Uh, and, you know, it's, a, it's maybe a bit of a status and your fashion thing. Um, but people, you know, will don't necessarily need them, but people will pay uh, for what they want rather than what they need. So if you're looking at developing products and developing things for people, it does inherently need to be something useful. It does need to solve problems and it does need to be something that they need, but you need to make them want it more than anything else. The sizzle sells the steak. Uh, it's really, really important. So you spend on marketing and you spend on sales in your business should come first. That should be where you start and finish. And obviously you need to spend on product, make sure it's really good, but that may come after your marketing spend because if you don't have marketing, you do not have a business. No from somebody buying something or investing in something is only no today. If people reject you, stay close to them. Let them continue to see you doing what you do. Make something successful. They usually come back with time. Some like to wait and watch to work out if some someone or something is investable or something is working. Be consistent. Let them see you know, that you're, you're somebody who they can trust, rely on, and keep on keeping on, keep on, you know, becoming better and better at that thing. And then over a period of time, usually they'll come back and it'd be pretty obvious who, who's, you know, sort of in that sector and who's doing it. Cars, things, houses, gadgets, doodads, they give you a short term hit. Um, it's, Proven by many, many studies that experiences, relationships with people, experiences that you have, things you go and do are way more meaningful, will make you happier. And that's probably what you get to keep uh, when all is said and done and you're at the end of your life or, you know, maybe even you're midway through your life. Things can get taken off you, uh, experiences, your relationships with others, uh, less so. So focus on the latter as much as you can. Do that, you know, go up that mountain. You know, if you want to learn to fly a plane, go and do it. Um, go and see that old friend, you know, go away for weekends or, or, you know, see your family. All that stuff, that is more important than than cars, things, doodads, gadgets, you know, this sort of consumer society we've got. I'm not sure it's that good for our, our well-being or our happiness. Hope you've gleaned some information and some value from that. That has been Mark Homer for Mark My Words.